Hello everyone, welcome back to Bad End Podcast. We are on episode 7, I believe, and we are recording live from VidCon, and it's really exciting. <laughs> All our favorite influencers are here, it's really great. Um, and my favorite co-hosts are here with me live at VidCon. Can you guys please introduce yourselves? I'm Josh Calixto of sites like RollingStonesGlixel.com and Kotaku. I'm Kyle Cookstell, you know, of, of VidCon fame. Uh, I used to do PBS Game Show and PBS Space Time. So I'm just really glad to see a lot of my commenters and viewers here to just kind of also shit on the work that I do, but do it in person and do it with a lot more feeling than in the comment section. That's so exciting, Kyle. I'm really happy that you're able to engage with your viewers on a personal level, not just in like YouTube comments. Yeah, it's really great to put a uh, face to a racist comment. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's really great to just be here and kind of meet all these people for the it first really time. It really humanizes the racist, you know? It just shows you, you know, <laughs> there's a person there too. It's not just... It's really, really, Josh, when it comes down to it, it's really just putting a face to an anime avatar, I think is uh, really what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I'm Katie McCarthy. I don't think I introduced myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Uh, we are actually not live at VidCon, but... You know, VidCon is this weekend. I don't know what... I heard some shit happen. I didn't really read about it because I didn't really... I don't really care about VidCon. Do you only know that because you live in LA? I don't live in LA. I live in San Francisco. Oh. (laughs) 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 Anyways. um, I guess we should just talk about what... It's been like a while since we had like a traditional bad end episodes last week or last time was just e3 shit before that we taught had a standard episode so i guess like what have you guys been playing lately i've been playing some good games you guys <laughs> i've been on got tired of playing bad get tired of playing bad games <laughs> i mean i've played like a lot of break out the good ones yeah like i've i feel like i've been on the esports beat a lot since i've been writing about it for various sites and stuff like that but i've gotten back into uh i I picked up a bunch of like shorter games that i could sort of like get through in one sitting it's been a nice experience um i played everything uh david o'reilly's everything Mm. that game is hype as hell i don't know if you guys played it um (laughs) that's a really good description for it hype as hell Kay, did you play it no, I, I really want to, though. I, I almost bought it recently, and then I didn't because I got sucked back into Witcher 3, so I, I'm not going to buy games for a while. I've played it, though. Uh, I played it. I was like, I've been on like Team David O'Reilly for a while. I discovered, I think actually one of the first times I was reading Killscreen back when we all write for Killscreen, there was an article on The Inner World, which was his animated short that won like every animation award. And ever since then, his, like, kind of, like, fuck you um, animation aesthetic has been really appealing. And so kind of tracing his history and, like, knowing a lot of his, like, weird side project stuff. Um, definitely been super supportive of him and his work. And I got everything pretty soon after it came out and played it for about two hours, which is about as much as I could do in a single sitting. Because, I don't know, Josh, you can speak of your experience of it, but it it's, like, it's interesting, but it's also kind of repetitive in a sense. Um, where you're kind of doing the same motions over and over. So uh, it was hard to just play for a long period of time to like beat or something. So it was much more of like a meditative thing when I was playing it. But I don't know what your experience has been like. No, yeah, same here. I did not uh, play through it in all one sitting. It took me a couple sittings to to get through it. Um, But I kind of liked that I had, 
you know, a little bit of time to digest what I had seen and what I was playing through uh, in between, you know, getting more. Because the way that it's, uh, just to give a quick explanation of what this game is and how it works, everything is a game where you can essentially play as everything in the universe. You can be a little atom, you can be a plant, you can be a bug, you can be a fence, you can be a star, you can be a galaxy, anything that has like a name you can become. Um, so what you're saying is you can be everything. everything. <laughs> okay. Yes, exactly. Are you sure? Yeah, you can be everything. Um, and the thing about the game is that it kind of, it gives you more like abilities as the game goes on. So like first you can only be one object, but then you can like possess other objects and sort of take on a group plural form. And then you can kind of, you know, zoom out and be larger things. Um, it's got this like interesting hook to it where the game is always moving forward. It has a sense of like forward motion. Um, but you kind of start seeing how objects interconnect throughout the universe. Um, and what's interesting about the game too is that you get these little snippets uh, of like these philosophical lectures essentially. And um, <laughs> you're kind of just listening to them as you go through and they give you the backdrop of what this is. And I was kind of com comparing it in my brain to the, uh, the witness, which is another game where you have like recordings from philosophers and stuff like that. But this game pulls them off a lot better because it's just like coloring the experiences that you're already going through. Um, and it's as opposed to the witness where it's just like, I have no clue how any of this relates to what I'm playing. It just feels like it's being like sprinkled in here potentially for ironic reasons everything feels like it's trying to say something or to like get you to make connections in your head that you've never had before. So it kind of works almost like like an essay almost or like a piece of literature or something that is not, uh, you don't usually have in video games, which is like some sort of message being tied to what you're playing through as it's happening. And I, I think it's also especially in, I think in contrast to The Witness, um, the philosopher that uh, Josh is talking about is this guy named Alan Watts. Uh, he's this British philosopher who has this kind of like, not like hippie ideas, but just, just kind of like everything is connected, everything is beautiful. And I read somewhere that I think David O'Reilly worked directly with like the estate of Alan Watts because he was somewhat like not well known, um, but he incorporated the philosophy and his like lectures into the game I don't know. I don't know how soon they come came on, but like like Josh was saying, it's very much like part of the game itself. It's not this like this like extra kind of cake to like lend any sort of meaning to the game or like extra meaning. It's very much like what the guy is talking about at a given time in the game. Somewhat ties to what your actions in the game, so it's much more thought out in terms of uh, implementation, and it doesn't just feel like it's kind of ham fisted. It feels like it's kind of getting at these central ideas of the game. Um, and I do also want to say before we go on that David O'Reilly's short is not called The Inner World, it's called The External World. The Inner World is an adventure video game, and The External World is his short. So I just want to clarify that. <laughs> gotcha. Good but it's great. I mean, I really, I definitely like loved playing. I loved playing it for what it was, and I haven't gone back to it admittedly in, like, I guess a month or so. But um, there was news of it getting nominated for an Academy Award, which is a really big deal. So I think since then I've been kind of more inclined to just sit down and return to it. But I don't, yeah. Josh, you can speak to this too. It's like, it feels like it's, um, it doesn't feel like a game that necessarily like makes sense when 
um, you're like sitting in front of a TV and like playing it, like it feels like you should want to engage with it more. And like, this sounds kind of ham-fisted, but I almost wish it was like in VR where I could actually like be inside of this thing, kind of experience this like out of body, inner body type experience versus just kind of staring at this 2D screen. Um, it feels like the game kind of wants you to like become one with it. And having this like distance between like play and actually watching it feels like there's a little bit of a, I don't know, like a distance there. Well, how far did you get in it, Kyle? I got to, I think I got to where you could go to universes. Um, so I probably, I guess like two hours in or so. Hmm. So you didn't beat it then? Oh, no, no. I definitely didn't beat it yet. It's, um, you should play through until, <laughs> until you get to the point. Some, some more stuff happens. Yeah. It, it gave me some serious anxiety towards the end because of, uh, some stuff that happens. I don't want to spoil that because I think it's a big part of the game. Um, except you kind of, there's an arc to it, right? Where you kind of start out as one object, like I had said, and over the game, it sort of grows and really sort of unexpected things start happening with what you can be and how you can be. And it really accentuates your place in the universe. And it like hammers home a lot of the messages that they're sending um, in a way that I was pretty moved by, honestly. And uh, again, I had, I started getting really panicked toward the end when something happens that's like, it's pretty anxiety inducing actually Uh, Um, that doesn't sound fun actually (laughs) but it's in a good way though because you're kind of thinking about it um, and it's interesting to to see happen I don't know that being said it's not you probably don't have that much longer to go until you see that Kyle especially if you kind of play the game and you're looking for the next thing to do if you're like kind of trying to progress it's pretty easy to do so um but yeah yeah i mean you guys should definitely play everything i think it's um it's a beautiful example i think of what games can be uh, and it's so not like anything else that exists right now and, it, and it's like this it's such like this beautiful expression of um this idea that i think it's very it's totally worth playing and supporting even if you don't like it <laughs> <laughs> buy it even if you hate it buy it Batten endorses everything <laughs> David O'Reilly, if you're listening, you can be on our podcast. People are probably wondering, like, what do you do then in the game? And the answer is <laughs> that you just are. Just you just are objects. You, you just, just exist. You, just exist. Yeah. you can, like, look at something else and you can be like, oh, I want to be that object. And you can transport over to it. And you can move around. And that's about the extent of it. You can dance. Um, but it's kind of also funny because in order to make all the objects in this game, of which there are so many like it's it's bonkers how much shit is in this game um i have it's hard to even imagine how they did it but um they don't they don't have like custom animations for each one so if you're a bear it the animation is just like a stop motion bear like rolling around um instead of like the bear having four feet that you know walk or else they would have to animate every single thing in the game which would take too long so yeah That'd be like an impossible game almost at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I've been playing so much stuff. I f- it's just been so long. But I guess I'll start with... I feel like the biggest thing I played was ARMS. Uh, uh, the new Nintendo oh, fighter game. Fighting game for the Switch. And it's okay. I didn't like... Uh, there's things I really like about it. And I feel like it has a really strong core. But there's just like not enough there. 
And, like, my main problem was with it is, like, I feel like in all the fighting games I like, you really feel the difference between all the fighters. And, like, all, like, you just feel, you know, it's, like, tangible almost. It's, like, okay, like, this character is not going to fight the same as this character. And that's why I'm, like, I main this character or whatever. And I feel like in ARMS, they, like, they all have their own special abilities. And some are, like, heavier than others. Some are, like, medium. Some are light. But, like, mostly they kind of, like, all feel the same for the most part. Like, there's this, like, DNA blob guy named Helix who, like, feels really different from the rest of the characters because he's technically not human. He's just, like, a fucking blob. <laughs> so he feels, like, drastically different. And, I like, as I was playing... I'm terrible as him, but, like, as I was playing as him, I, re- I was like, I wish all the characters felt so different like this. Like, they all kind of feel the same. And I don't, there's just, like, yeah, there's just not much there. There's ten fighters overall... And when you boil it down to, like, how they feel between each other, it's, like, really not that different aside from, like, one small little ability. And you can, like... So each character comes unlocked with, like, three arms. It's just, like, they're, like, fighting things that they can switch. Or just, like, you know, throw at people. And it's just, like, you can unlock more arms technically in this thing called the Arms Getter. But it's 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 really stupid. yeah, that's literally, literally what it's called. But yeah, like I, I went into that thinking like, oh, I'm gonna unlock new arms. This is gonna be like really exciting. But you're only unlocking like the arms that other characters have. So like, let's say this character has like a fr- like this one icy glove that will like free someone if you punch them. Um, but you can unlock that now for this other character, and it's just like you're kind of like unlocking other characters exclusive default arms i'm like why don't i just play as that character it doesn't really like the the characters like individual abilities don't make enough of a difference in my opinion to like warrant like oh it's intense strategy unless you're like really 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 good which i mean i feel like that depth might be there for like the serious players but for the most part, I just feel like that game just doesn't feel fully there yet. Like, in more of a way than Splatoon felt at launch, where I feel like Splatoon was also like, oh, this game isn't 100% here yet. But, I mean, I feel like that game had way more than ARMS does. And it's kind of... I don't know. I hope it gets better. I feel like in a year it might be a good game, but right now it's just, like, fine. Which is I mean, kind of disappointing for is... Nintendo. I wonder if it's, like, their new thing, though. Because, like, I was thinking... We talked about this when we were talking about Mario Kart, where it's, mm-hmm. like... It's like it's a dope offering and it's like totally cool and it's fun to play, but it also feels like half of a game that Nintendo's used to like putting out and what we're used to seeing I from mean, them. I'm no I wouldn't agree with that. I feel like Mario Kart has way more shit than ARMS does. Like Mario Kart has like what, like twelve Grand Prix and there's like you can go up to two hundred CC and mirror tracks and now it has battle mode and I feel like Mario Kart is like a true healthy amount of shit like single player and multiplayer like whether local or online and i feel like arms is just like there's stuff there but there's really not there's like a handful of modes that you can do like that aren't just like one-on-one and they all suck like they're not good and there's like grand prix which is kind of like their sort of single player mode but you can do a co-op too and there's ranked mode which is just like if you want to get obliterated by people that are way better than you, that's there. <laughs> it's just like not. Yeah, I want to meet a pro arms player. Like who? Who's who's like out there being like, I want to be the very best arms guy. I mean, it has a fan base. It it also seems like people already aren't talking about it, which is really interesting to me because I feel like that game dropped off real quick. 
Yeah, I like didn't even know it came out. It dropped off so quick. Like yeah. I feel like I thought it was just like in a release date for like in the future, and I was like, oh, it's actually out. And I think yeah, this is also out. I feel like Nintendo's like own fault where I feel like they weren't. I've seen more advertisements on the Switch for Splatoon two than I've seen for Arms like at all. Yeah, they, they just kind of like dropped talking about it. They dropped it in a weird period. They dropped it at the end of E three week, so it's like already getting buried in a way by like all E3 stuff, you know? And it's just, I don't know. It, they really like dropped it at a weird time. And I feel like they had like a bunch of news for it, but they didn't like keep that steady enough. They kind of like introduced it. They had a few little news tidbits here and there, but they didn't like, I feel like the average person doesn't know what arms is probably whereas like i feel like if you're keeping up with game news you know what arms is but i feel like if you ask someone on the street even anyone that just has a switch they'll be like i don't know what that is like i don't think they did a great job of bringing that game to like the public consciousness like they did with splatoon i think also like like you're saying in light of the e3 stuff like that game is so overshadowed by like super mario odyssey yeah just, like totally. any other new stuff that's coming out or i don't i nothing that i saw Oh, sorry. I saw nothing at uh, E3 that I would, like, buy arms before for. I would just, like, wait, like, a month to, like, play Rabbids, and then after that, play Splatoon, and then after that, play Mario Odyssey. And arms is like, I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, not- <laughs> it's, like, it's weird, because it's, like, not a bad game, which is better, more, po- I feel like I was more positive reviewing it than I was when I came out of the preview event I went to, where I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I like this game, but, like, Playing it more, like, at home, I was like, okay, I, I get a feel for this game more. It's just, like, after a few hours, I was like, I feel like I've seen all this game has to offer. <laughs> like, it's Did you play a lot a against, like, long-term. other humans? Um, yeah, well, they had, like, during the review process, they had, like, set up time. Like, oh, play with, like, go online during this time, and you'll be able to play against, like, us at Nintendo, like, Treehouse people. So I, like, use that for, like, online play, which is stable. Like, I didn't have any drop matches ever or anything it's just and then like after release i've played like once but i haven't gone back since um but it's not like i'm having like i i didn't have trouble like finding people you know so it's like there are people technically playing it it's just like i feel like i saw so much fan hype around it with like fan art and shit and now it's like nothing how about like will there be um legs dlc <laughs> i mean just I where we get some full body contact in here i mean the characters have legs but they're not stretchy <laughs> i hope Such they get the a character they have to have a character that fights their legs that would be hilarious like I yeah, would... just, they're just called someone, legs chest like walks on their hands maybe <laughs> yes those there was a fighter in um oh it was in one of my favorite fighting games which is the much forgotten face breaker I feel like there was a character in there that when they punched, they would like start walking on their hands and they would like shoot their legs over. So <laughs> actually a lot of arms feels a lot like Facebreaker, which was this old, I think it was like an EA sports title. Um, it was this weird like fighting game that was much more about uh, like parrying and blocking and didn't have to do with like skill sets and stuff. It was just kind of like mashing A and like parrying. But a lot of the character design from Facebreaker actually looks a lot like uh, what's going on in arms. So I wonder if there's a similar like lineage there between the two teams. Yeah, I wonder. I feel like that's the one thing that arms gets right is the character designs are really cute. So good. 
but I mean Nintendo kind of always nails that so it's not really a surprise but also like as I was playing it it didn't feel like as full of life as like Splatoon does you know like Splatoon like really immerses you in that world and ARMS is just like here's some cute characters and that's like it which is kind of a bummer but yeah I don't know Josh what have you been playing oh I played everything oh yeah duh (laughs) Kyle what have you been playing Oh, I'm t- we've been talking about new stuff, and I'm going to take it way back to before, um, well, not that, not that long ago. But I was playing Cave Story Plus. Oh, yeah, I have that too. On the Switch, uh, which was, it's good. It's weird playing that game now, because I played it, I played like the original version. I think I was even like playing a translated version or something um, in like probably 2010 or 2011. Uh, and I played it, and it like just blew my mind. Uh, it was so good. Uh, I guess there had like been like, like the indie stuff had happened with like Braid and Meat Boy, and I feel like I found it shortly after that and was like, "What is this game?" People say it's really good, and I like really really enjoyed it and had a lot of good memories for it, or fond memories of it. But going going back, it's like, it's so weird because that style has now just been perpetrated like all over the place, and there's mm-hmm. a million games like Cave Story, so. I have to say it's it's less appealing now that I'm going back to it. Um, and I, I don't. Whereas I I liked it a lot when I first played it. I don't have any like nostalgia for it, so it's not like I'm getting that sort of rush from it. So I'm playing it, and it's cool, but it's also like ah, I don't know. There's like better versions of what this is that exists now. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool. Uh, if you haven't played Cave Story, it's a great way to play Cave Story. But I think it's a similar thing to like going back and playing Half-Life 2 where people have done a better job with that formula or at least you're you now know what that formula is like where if you go back and play the source thing you're gonna miss like oh where are weapon upgrades where's like more than two characters where's um, like more manageable campaign length I think Cave Story has a lot of similar stuff to that um however like the pixel art is still really good the music is great I feel like the controls are more floaty than I remember um yeah they made updates to switch version so so i i really my favorite version of cave story is it's cave story plus was the pc version and the pc version like has it kind of has that ability like you do with the um double fine like adventure game remasters where you can like switch to the between the old art and the new art Oh, and, cool. and I really like that ability just because I, I don't know, I always choose the old art and then you could like play with remastered sound or whatever. And the Switch version is just the remastered visuals. It's not like the classic pixel art at all. You can like change the soundtrack between like four soundtracks, but you can't change the visuals, which is like a huge bummer to me. And they like fixed a few things. Like they like the save points like twirl in 3D now. And there's like a few small <laughs> things. Like I think the water moves or something it didn't before. <laughs> and I, yeah, like I definitely recommend the Switch version if you've never played Cave Story before and you, you're into like Metroidvania stuff and you want to see like what almost What's in a way, it about? I, yeah, like I feel like Cave Story kind of like started that trend of like Metroidvania games after Metroid and Castlevania. So it's like it's good. It's I still think it's an enjoyable game. I don't think I'm gonna beat it again because like yeah, I I started playing it and I was like yeah, it's Cave Story like. I wish I could switch to the old graphics, and that was kind of like how I, I will felt say about though it. it's like it's like another thing, just like but just like the reiterate for people who are still like on the fence, like the Switch is just a fucking good console. Yeah, like being able to just play this thing on a handheld on a couch is like oh man, this is everything I want from this console, 
And I think the... Goner, Goner might actually be out or it's coming out in like a week or something, but that's another game that'll just have a beautiful new life on this platform. So I'm, I'm super stoked to see more stuff like Cave Story come to the Switch. So even if I'm not so hyped on Cave Story Plus as it is, I think what it indicates is also just super interesting, which is like getting stuff like that. And like maybe when the Iconoclast comes out, like that'll come to it. And getting all these other like 2D indies that like make sense on a PC, but also just make so much more sense on a platform that they're already trying to emulate through their like aesthetics anyways. Uh, it's like, it's a super great experience just to have it in your hand and kind of uh, play that way versus having to like sit in front of a PC or something or sit in front of a TV. It feels so much more intimate and nice to have it you know, on your lap playing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I mean, about that same point, it's kind of funny because I started playing Hollow Knight, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, Hollow Knight. Um, yeah. That's, I, everyone's playing that right now, I think, because it was on the Steam front page first day of the sale. Yeah, it's on the Steam. It's on Steam's, um, it's a chill little Metroidvania style game. And when I, I think the chillness is like a big part of this game's appeal. It's kind of funny because it's just like everything is just so down tempo and calm and relaxed. You, I don't feel panicked. Like I feel like a lot of these Metroidvania games are kind of like intense recently that I've been playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this game is definitely not like that. Um, so I, I've been playing it on my computer, but I'm just kind of like, I just wish that I had been playing this on switch you know like like that would be way better yeah i will say the praise i've heard for hollow knight is like aggressive like people that like go hard for this game are like they're kind of like weirdly like militant about making sure that other people that talk about it like it where they'll just like if someone talks bad about they'll like go to the comment section and be like hollow knight's the best game to happen forever Uh, i actually met some of these people at vidcon yeah, I don't think it's that pretty. I don't know yeah, if I'm crazy, I don't but know. like I feel like I'm crazy too. I'm like I feel like I've seen this art style a bunch of times. I'm sure it's a great game. Like I feel like when a Metroidvania game's good, they're like really good. But I don't know. I mean, maybe I should play it because maybe I should get it because it's really cheap on Steam right now. But oh yeah, Steam sales. Steam sales. Yeah, I don't think it's that great. Like I think it's cool, but it's not like mind blowing or anything like that. Yeah. Also, Axiom Verge is gonna be on the Switch. I think they announced that port yes. recently, so I'm it's really so excited exciting. about that. Cause I I've got, I feel like I bought that game twice, but I've never like actually like sat down to play it. And yeah, I like feel you don't like, play it on like a PC. Yeah, I feel like it being on the Switch would be like what I need because I really love the pixel art in that game, and I'm excited to finally play that. I think I'll be out like this summer or something, if I'm recalling correctly. Don't quote me yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they have a nice little like docket of games that are kind of planned to come out for that yeah um, a lot of ports which I've, I've seen people like complaining about but honestly like i want to play everything on my switch now so <laughs> like bring it like i'll probably get it <laughs> so it's very handy it's like my most played console now so well i mean not real i feel like it will be my most played console bring witcher 3 to it and i'll never leave that shit alone <laughs> Always on, all the time. I don't know. I still feel like the PS4 is still where I play most games. I just played Wolfenstein The New Order, finally, which I had never finished before. I had started in the past, but I never, like, sat down. I was like, I'm going to beat this game. Like, I think I would just... I started it twice, and I would always drop off, like, before the time jump. So I didn't even know that was, like, a thing. 
and I really like that game. Have you guys played that game? Absolutely. No, but I've seen so much hype about it. Dude, that's the best. Sh- I mean, it's like one of my favorite shooters <laughs> of the past decade or whatever. It's way better than Doom. I, oh, yeah. I, I like Doom, but I never felt the drive to finish that game. Like I got like out, I got like five hours deep, and I just kind of got to a point. I was like, I've seen, I feel like I've seen all Doom has to offer. I think I'm good. And then, yeah, like I feel like Wolfenstein Cav is a slow start. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like those first couple hours are a little rough. They're not like bad, but they're just like a little slow. But once you get into like, oh, you're like 14 years in the future, that's when shit gets like, oh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, this is like, in, this is some shit. The beginning of Wolfenstein good. is like weirdly, it makes you think it's gonna be just like a regular shooter. Yeah, of its ilk. totally. Um, and then it kind of it switches up and and some the the writing is actually like the I don't know good. what it is. It's way better. It's way better than it should be. <laughs> like it's it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, and like there's a lot of moments where I'm just like the decisions that they made here are like very not what i would expect them to make like just the way that characters are written the things they do um bj is actually like a good dude kind of yeah he's not like a total meathead yeah like i feel like i expect him just be like you know whatever typical shooter man like us like nazi scum like that type of shit but he's like deep in a, a weird way like he'll like spout like poetry to himself and shit when he's all alone like all the sad stuff and it's like oh this is like really depressing and then like his relationship with anya like who's the his like love interest is like really realistic Mm -hmm. and it's really unexpected it's like this is like weird (laughs) like i'm not used to like good romances in games like it it took me so off guard i was like i like this couple this is like really strange (laughs) damn i gotta stop sleeping on this game it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I, it totally blew me away, and like, and that game's what three years old, mm-hmm. and that game's like blowing me away. People, in the year people were like pretty hype about it though when it came out. I remember people like saying a lot of like really good stuff about it, but I was also just like, oh, I don't know, it's like a shooter and blah yeah. blah blah. You hear a lot of shooters get praise. You know, it's not like an yeah. uncommon thing to hear like, oh, this shooter is awesome. Um, but I feel like every year we have like the new best shooter campaign in years. Right. <laughs> like last year was Doom and Titanfall Two got that. Like this is the best shooter campaign in years. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But Wolfenstein actually does interesting stuff, and I want to say that I actually do like the gunplay a lot. I I think that it's yeah fun. I do too. Um. But yeah, it's just like you don't feel the need to like conserve your ammo and all this stuff it's got this like really kinetic popping in and out of cover stuff um and it's got like a really nice old school feel that i kind of dig which also is like kind of at odds with how i i think how new the um the cutscenes and the writing in that game are it kind of like there's kind of this friction between like these really old school systems of going back to old wolfenstein and what you're actually experiencing and like what your the characters in the game are saying um which is kind of off-putting at first but i actually really like the way that those two work together um yeah the game is really hard which i didn't anticipate or i feel like it was hard for me maybe like i'm just bad at shooters (laughs) but then again i was was talking to a friend who like started playing around the same time and he said the same thing like oh i had to like bump it down like in difficulty and I would, like, switch back and forth between, like, the normal and then the 
second lowest, which I feel like we're both like if i got stuck on a boss i was like fuck it i'm just gonna bump <laughs> this down which right. I, I was happy it had dynamic difficulty because i get i don't i get really sad when i can't change on the fly because it's like fuck i'm just stuck with this <laughs> like i don't want to restart this game i also played uh the old blood actually since the last time we were we had this podcast which is the uh dlc for wolfenstein just because like that was on sale and i kind of wanted to revisit the game after the announcement of uh wolfenstein 2 um and that it was a bit different from the main campaign it's kind of interesting because like they go back and it's a, a prequel essentially so you're going through what he went through before trying to go to death's head's compound um and it's still got that like clashing irreverent spoofy tone and exploitation tone mixed with that like super hyper serious this is war and like atrocities mm-hmm. are being committed stuff um and uh i've heard a lot of people say it's passable and not very good and i would say it's definitely not as good as the main campaign but i some people have said that it's not as good as like more of the same i think it is um, it's like maybe a little bit lesser than the main game, but if you want more and like you want to see more of this world, I think that the old blood's good. Yeah, I, I have it, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll play it because now, like I've mentioned like twice already, it's like I'm playing Witcher 3 again mm. or like I never beat it before. I, I'm like 100 hours deep and I've never beat the main storyline. So I really. that. And you I'm gotta doing play, it. Uh, I'm I'm close. I'm closing in. I'm doing. I feel like I'm doing like my rounds before I do the final battle, <laughs> or it feels that way. <laughs> so I'm hoping it is because I thought I was that way, doing that before, and I wasn't. It was like, all right, now you're in Act Three, and I was like, fucking. Also, you okay. should really play. I know you're gonna be tired of The Witcher once you finish it, but you might not be. Tired oh no, of- I, I I I'm gonna I'm playing it so I can play the DLC. Okay, so Hearts of Stone yeah. is like better than the main game. And I think it's, like, Hearts of Stone itself is one of the best games I've played because it's, like, better than the main game of The Witcher. It's, like, it, it does more inventive stuff. Uh, I think the writing is just really clever and, like, actually funny. And it's just really tight. Imagine, like, the if The Witcher was, like, a tight 10-hour game and that's what Hearts of Stone is. It's really, really good. That's also, like, just what The Witcher 2 was as well. <laughs> <laughs> Witcher it's like 2. Tight, good 10 hours. I didn't think The Witcher 2 was that tight. I thought there was some. I mean, it's, I, it I, was like I've long. never. I think it was like. It was like definitely like inheriting some like open worldiness stuff, but there was definitely like. It was like very much like a story that you just played through from like Act 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i wondering if I should play the first two Witchers because I really love Witcher 3. Skip the first one. Don't. Just play the first two. not worth playing. I, yeah, I'm two curious. Was like a real good game. Okay. okay. I'm like curious yeah. about it. One is like weird and like borked, and it's like it's like fun if you're like a diehard fan. But like, The Witcher Two is like just a good story-based, like straight linear game. I was actually surprised when The Witcher Three came out that it was open world because I thought that, in terms of how The Witcher Two told its story, that it felt like I was like, oh, this is such a great way to tell a story. They did such a good job at it. It feels open and expansive. It is also very focused. So I was actually kind of sad when they announced The Witcher Three was going to be open world, but. No, um, it's like the greatest open world yeah, game yeah, ever. Exactly. I still haven't played The Witcher three though, which I apologize for because I love Witcher two oh so much. Oh my god! I know I gotta, you uh, gotta I gotta get on it. that man. It's amazing. <laughs> I've been like I feel like I've been slowly playing it for two years, and I, it's like it's kind of weird. Like every time I go back to it, it's just like I just lose so much time because I get so absorbed in it, mm-hmm. and it's just like 
like, oh it's yeah, so this is good. really good. Yeah, it's like every time I play, I'm like, fuck, I forgot how much I love this game. This is great. <laughs> it is unbelievably good. <laughs> and it did take me like a year and a half to beat that game. And I'm still playing yeah. um, Blood and Wine, which is like 20 hours or something like that. It's nuts. Yeah. It's like a whole other game. Yeah. My life game right now is still just trying to finish Dark Souls 2. I'm like on the last area and have two DLCs left, but... I, it's just so hard to get through that game because it doesn't yeah. lend itself to like return to plays because it's hub oh yeah totally so you yeah. gotta like look up what you were doing and like look in your inventory and be like what, what item did i just get yeah <laughs> what's so going once on I here finish that though i'm definitely planning to go to the witcher 3 so i'm sure bad listeners yeah, will hear boy. more about witcher 3 in the future um any other games yeah. uh did either of you guys play monument valley 2 no uh, no but i played monument no. Valley the first what Okay, well, Monument, Monument Valley 2 is really good. It's really sad and sweet in a weird way. It's about... the You're following the main character again. You're navigating her through these puzzles. But now she has a daughter. And it's, like, actually this really sweet storyline about, like, a mother and her child. And it's yeah it's real i didn't expect it because i feel like the first game doesn't really tell a story like it, it tells a story but it's like very bare it's like there's like a little friendship in there it's like mystical yeah it's very minor it's not like what you go that game for you go that game for like the beautiful the visuals and architecture and the yeah the atmosphere and i feel like this game like it tells a story in like a really compelling way and i i was really surprised by that like just visually like in terms of mood and like the mood being of the like a character being reflected in like the colors or like the puzzles themselves and i feel like that was really interesting and i feel like i haven't seen anyone talking about it because it came out like right before e3 so it's like this really str- it's kind of dropped in this inconvenient time i guess but uh yeah it's a really good game and it's really short it's like i want to say maybe two hours maybe a little more than that or like, under it's kind of like i there are people that are always like oh this game like the monument valley games are too short but i think that's fine like i don't it's a mobile game man. <laughs> i don't i don't think they overstay their welcome and i don't think that i'm like like sometimes i'm like oh i want more but they did like a dlc thing for the first one so i imagine they'll do one for two and yeah i really like that game it's a really pleasant i play on my ipad which i i liked i'm sure it's fine on phones too um but yeah i definitely recommend that game if you're looking for a quick little nice mobile game experience i'm I'm kind of surprised that monument valley 2 exists um just because like it seems like us2 or whatever the how do you pronounce us2 is it us2 i think it's i think it's just us2 okay yeah it's us2 okay um i wasn't sure um i feel like they're like a studio that has or at least had a lot of creative breathing room to just do whatever the heck they wanted because they're already like an agency um, that was like mm-hmm. doing this as a f- labor of love side project type thing. And I'm just like, why make another mo- I mean, I guess there's a, probably a profit incentive for them. Apple was probably like, hey, make another Mo- Monument Valley 2. The first one was a huge hit. <laughs> Can you guys do it, please? Yeah, it's like a marquee <laughs> title for the Apple now. But like, mm-hmm. why not do something else? I don't know. I it, I guess that's not... I I was kind of feeling the same way when I went into it. Because I was like, I don't think I want a sequel to this game. Mm-hmm. But it, like, really surprised me, and I feel like it does things that the first game didn't. Uh, I mean, maybe not puzzle-wise, but I feel like visually and aesthetically and just, like, out in terms of its narrative, like, it's, it's it, I feel like it's a way, it's a much more complete game, whereas I feel like the first one was just, like, a really pretty 
calming, nice, simple game. And this one is, like, I feel like has something to say in a way. Like, it's like it's just like a very simple, sweet story about a mother and her child. And I feel like motherhood is so rarely explored in games, or when it's explored in games, like, the mother is, like, dead or something, you know? It's like, right. and we have so many we have so many games about, like, fatherhood and, like, dads, like, the new God of War, it's like, Kratos is a dad now, and, like, <laughs> Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite, and, like, there's just, like, dozens of games about fatherhood, and it's always, like, the same kind of arc that they go through, too. But, like, moms in games are just not, you know... Like, they're just, like, it's like the mom's lost or she's think. dead. Or she's, like, a monster. Yeah. Or she's, like, cooking. She's like, like, it's a beast. Your mother is, like, a fucking lion or, like, a monster. <laughs> like, a, just a tentacled beast or something. Well, yeah. And it's, like, or it's, like, the, a game, like, in Horizon Zero Dawn's instance where, like, they want the main, like, they set it up as, like, the main narrative is the main character is looking for her mom that she never knew. But then that just gets lost under the weight of, like, everything else. Or even, like, Nino Kuni, where it's, like, this boy's trying to resurrect his dead mom. Which I feel like in Nino Kuni it's done really well. But still also, like, another example of, like, motherhood's really... Like, moms are just not in games, like, at all. It's always dads. Hmm. And it's really refreshing in a way to see, like, Monument Valley, like, just show just a sweet, simple story about motherhood. And that's so, so rare. Which is sad, in a way. Yeah, especially when you're considering yeah, it's cool. usually the dads who aren't there, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, maybe that's, like, me projecting. It's, like, I hate seeing all these dads, because <laughs> I am a dad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, it's, it's nice. I, I wish there were more games about, like, with moms in it. I feel like Night in the Woods has a really good mom in it. I don't know. Oh, it's like, so good. Such a good yeah, mom. She's a good mom. And it's, like, that, that was something that stuck out to me, because I was, like, there's no moms in games. But I think even in, like, Night in the Woods, though, the mother is still just, like, a pivot point for, like, the lead character's yeah, totally. development. And yeah. I think what you're saying about Monument Valley, it's nice to have a mother actually be the character that you're controlling, not just, like, yeah, some like the... side character that gives your main character, who's, like, a young boy, meaning or something. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's what made, I guess, Monument Valley stand to stand out to me more than the first game. And, I, yeah, it's, like, five bucks, I think. I think it's worth that. It's really good. I'll probably play. I need a listicle point. of the best video game moms, because now I'm like, where's my mom's at? Like, where where are all the moms? <laughs> there's no, there's none. There's like the Pokemon mom, but she's just like a single mom. She just like says like, house. I'm sorry to see you leave, son. But I'm excited <laughs> that you're but you gotta be go do your boy better things. collecting stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can't hmm. even think of other moms. That's how it is, I guess. That's the sad reality. I'm looking through my massive games library and not nothing's popping out to me here. Yeah, okay. you guys want to take a break and think about what moms don't exist in video games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do Maybe. that. Maybe. Alright. Alright. Pause. Be back All in right. a sec. Peace. Guys, guys, listen. 
just when you thought it was safe from Nintendo dropping E3 bombs on you, they're going to hit you with this new one that just dropped today when we're recording Bad End. I guess it was yesterday. <laughs> but Nintendo... We could just lie to the audience. Nintendo, yeah. in their like, buckwild post-Awada life, have just the shackles are off, man. They're just doing whatever crazy stuff comes into their mind. Uh, they released a game where people fight with arms. That's crazy. <laughs> Who would uh, think? There's a Rabbids crossover. I'm sure we're going to see Mario and the Minions coming up next. <laughs> but before both of those come out... The Mario emoji game. Nintendo hit us with the Super NES Mini. Classic. 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 <laughs> I think it might be called Mini in the UK. I think that's why where the confusion comes from. There's like two different boxes too. That's what I don't. There's I don't, three. Oh my god! I told Nintendo, man, they don't UK, care anymore. UK they don't gets, care. UK gets the better design. So does um, Japan because they got technically the Famicom, which is like the same thing. Um, with like so that nice has, yellow cover on it. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that grit. Really um, retro. Yeah, I. Everyone's really stoked for this announcement. I've only played like two of the games on the list, so. <laughs> Are you serious? I feel like I'm. I'm a baby. <laughs> Did I you never, never have had, a Super Nintendo. You're older than the I Super never N- had a Super Nintendo. I grew up with PlayStation. Like I did mm. not, and I had a Game Boy. So that's how I've played like ports of some classic Nintendo games. But like, I never had a Super Nintendo. So I like everyone's fucking raising their arms partying over this whole thing even though they're never gonna buy one because it's gonna be super rare and i'm just like yeah i played a link to the past and i've played super mario world (laughs) and that's it i'm just i'm so stoked because this was a console that came out when i was like too young to like be able to tell my parents to spend that much money on a thing for me like (laughs) back when like i think when the super nintendo probably came out it was probably like 600 or 500 like today dollars Holy like shit. Not, not cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like looking stuff yeah, up. It's uh, like, yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. Um, inflation. But like, I think it was a thing where I was, it's it's this weird console that existed before, like, I was, I mean, I, I, I'm sure it came out when I was like two or something, but it was this console that existed before all the stuff that I actually know. So I would only experience it by proxy of like going over to a friend's house and like, seeing like the star wars game or like seeing super mario world and like just not having any idea what this stuff was and then quickly then like um the release of like the n64 kind of like usurping that time and that interest uh, but then like only through knowing and loving video games through my life have i like come to know and understand like what the super nintendo was and had so in a lot of ways it feels like the console is like actually getting released for a lot of people like me and like us that are like it now opens a door for like us to be able to like experience these games new as if they just came out. So I'm like super stoked to have a lot of people potentially buy this and have these like new examinations of these old titles that I think you kind of got a little bit of with like virtual console stuff, but because yeah. it's such like a totemic release, it's like, Oh man, uh, everybody gets to play like super Mario world again or something and then talk about it. Cause it's like a big deal. See, I did have a super Nintendo growing up and, uh, a lot of these games are they do have a special place in my heart i'm just what do you guys think about the nostalgia factor behind this thing because that's the thing that i'm like always concerned about with playing games like these is that like a lot of the time 
you're just like it doesn't age well you go back to playing something and you had the rose colored glasses and it's actually like worse than when you originally played it and i'm just like a little bit concerned that's something that would happen here i feel like i, I feel like oh go ahead oh. Katie. I was going to well, I mean, obviously, I don't have any nostalgia for it, but I know that, like, like people are really excited about Star Fox 2, because obviously that's, like, that was, like, the big thing. It's like, oh, they're finally releasing Star Fox 2, but, like, and then there's people who are like, is it even complete? But, like, then there's people saying, like, yeah, but, like, past QA, and then, like, just never released it. And, like, I don't even, I don't have, like, the this full is the craziest, on the truth of that. This is the craziest part of this entire thing to me. It's, like, it's a freaking lost game that they're just putting yeah. out, like... This it's just like such a. There's like shrugging it off, like, all right, Star Fox Two. <laughs> when is this what you guys want? When has this is. ever happened? And Nintendo, they have like pretty high standards of quality control, as yeah. far as I know. I don't think they're gonna put out Star Fox Two if it's just like a little piece of shit B side, like you know, <laughs> little EP. That's just like, you know, I'm, it's not gonna be like Sonic Dreams Collection type, you know. <laughs> weirdness, yeah. Weirdness, but I. I don't know, I feel like I've been seeing a lot of back and just hearing a lot of backlash against Star Fox. Like Star that Star Fox does not hold up as well as, you know, when you were younger. So there's people like concerned that Star Fox two like just won't be Oh, Star as Fox great as one people is like, hope for Star it. Fox one is like ghetto as hell. Like Yeah, yeah. Game yeah. super jank, like super janky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sixty four is good. Um but one yeah. is like it's I thought that was like an accepted thing that a lot of it is just like nostalgia factor to that game because it's not like you're not going to Star Fox One for like the best dog fighting <laughs> in the world <laughs> since Ace going for frame rate bad yeah. frame rate exactly um, I mean I think I think your thing Josh like talking about the nostalgia factor I think I think I I would believe more in that theory if these games weren't so popular. Like, it's not like you can't just play these games on, like, an emulator. And I think that people do. And I think these games have been selected because they've, like, stood the test of time. Like, there's a lot of other stinkers on the Super Nintendo they could have actually included (laughs) that were, like, not good. But, like, the list is just, like, it's, like, really hard to find a bad game on that list. Like, having also gone back and recently played, like, uh, Super Mario World 2, like, Yoshi's Island. I've played, um, like, Super Mario World 1. Uh, I guess Chrono Trigger's not on the list. I think this is on the list. Like Donkey Kong yeah, Country's on the list. The, like, that was the one stuff thing. That's like, Wait, Mega yeah, Man X is, is on the list? Missing. Yeah. Okay, this is... I have to get this now. That's my game it's like, right it's there. Like it, but it's the thing is like those games are like... They, they stand up good and they're like these beautiful examples of like that era. And I feel like, yeah, there's some nostalgia associated. But like these games still play like really well. I think uh, the other thing I think too about the Super NES is that uh, with the, the the wave of indie, like, retro looks, a lot of that is, like, taking the styles directly from Super NES graphics and stuff like that. And play oh, yeah, styles. it was, like, prime pixel art era. Right. Um, and if you haven't played Mega Man X, that's, that's, <laughs> that's like, maybe one of the most formative games for me ever. Um, that sliding feel, it's just... <laughs> Every, like, you know, good platformer feel where it feels good to move, you know, like the floatiness of Super Meat Boy, the, you know, the, the agility of Dust Force, the sliding around of N+. This Mega Man X is, like, the peak of that for me. It's just got such a rhythm to it, and it just, 
is so tactile, man. It's the best. <laughs> you're sliding and you're like charging your your Buster Cannon at the same time. It's it's like the rare state, you know, filet mignon of <laughs> <laughs> of platformer feels. It's the best. It is weird. Like actually, have you if you ever watched somebody that's good at playing Mega Man X? It's like a ballet. Like it's it's like watching them dance on the stage because there are these like weird little like. I guess like quirks you can almost call them like Josh is talking about where it's like you can like be good at Mega Man X on like a whole different level than like you can like be good at like jumping in Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's legit. Play that game. But that's the thing is like people, there's going to be so many new, I mean, I don't know how many of these are actually going to release. That's obviously like, that's one of the big points I think of Backlash about this is that like this, the NES mini or classic was like very few of them got released and like not a lot of people got their hands on them but if a lot of people can like get this system i think it'll be dope to like have all these like new kind of interesting critical re-examinations of like these games because going back to people say they can like emulate this stuff like that's true but a lot of times it's not super fun to play something if it's not like in the conversation with people talking about it so being able to like play Mega Man x when like big publications are talking about Mega Man X in fucking 2017, you're going to be like, oh, this is super cool. And like, it's to be part of this dialogue again that you might have missed out on when you were younger. Oh, yeah. It's, I I wanted to get the NES Classic for my cousins. And that was like my big plan. And then it was just so hard to get that I was like, I give up. Like, they're just not going to experience this like <laughs> old, all these old games. Sorry. Um, hopefully the SNES is more accessible because I'd, I'd love to get them that because like I think my my oldest cousin he's like in high school and I think he's like only played like Uncharted games and stuff like he doesn't really have like a super wide uh, like net because they only have a PS3 so I'd love to get them like and that and like my younger cousins too who are both and I think one is entering middle school and the other is in elementary school still so they're like young so I feel like it'd be a nice little like, here's these games that I never played, but I, I'll pretend to. <laughs> and say, like, these are great. Like, or he just grabs it and he's like, nah. Nah, <laughs> like, there's no this guns. This is pixel bullshit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, like, I, I want it because I, there's so many games in that in the lineup that I, I've always wanted to check out. Like, Secret of Mana or Mana? Secret of Mana. I've always heard it's a really good RPG and I've never played it. And I want to try that out. And just like yeah, like stuff like Mega Man X and like Super Mario RPG, Super Legend Mario of RPG, the Seven Stars. Yeah, I've never played that. Mario um, Kart, Super Mario Kart is great. Oh, Super Mario Kart, yeah. Super Ghouls and Goblins, Yo- Yoshi's Island. That game is the best. <laughs> I would do. I was literally I trying like to emulate Island. Yoshi's Island like a week ago, and it's just like people. This whole emulation thing, man. It's like people say that, and then you actually go and try to do it, and I like could not for the life of me find an emulator that like worked with an xbox controller and like didn't yeah. skip sound and i'm like just give me the fucking thing i want to plug a controller in i want to turn that shit on and just like play some yoshi's island i want to have to like fiddle with like settings and like i and i files yeah it, that's the thing about the whole well, you know nintendo's just selling an emulation box it's like well first of all emulation is technically illegal like you're not supposed to do that yeah what are you <laughs> like i get what you're I could just freaking steal my groceries. Why would I ever want to go to? A, why would I ever want to go to a grocery store? It's like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? Um, second of all, like, 
like you were saying, Kyle, every time I've like emulated something, it feels like just the grossest. Like there's it always like feel right. ten. Yeah. There's like ten things wrong with the experience <laughs> that are just like this is fucking off. This is awful, dude. Like again, playing. Playing Mega Man X on an Xbox 360 controller feels freaking perverted, dude. I don't. Want, like, or on like a Mega keyboard. Man turns and looks at you and he's like, "What's going on, dude?" Like, I there's this like multiple arcade machine emulator Mame, which is which does like Neo Geo and like all the arcade games and stuff like that. I was using that to play Dodon Pachi, which is like kind of a rare game. Granted, I have it on my phone. Not a very fun experience either. But playing it on the PC is like potentially even worse. It runs really well, but I'm using freaking WASD to move my spaceship around. I want a stick in my hands and like two just arcade squishy buttons. It feels so wrong to play that way. Although I will say, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll leave out my. Fuck it. I I play I played uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy Nine on an emulator and that was pretty fun because i could like you could fast forward like the gameplay oh yeah so i just like fast forward <laughs> all the battles and each battle took like 10 seconds so um, if you're like a cheating bastard emulator is totally good for you yeah yeah but it still did feel perverted you know what i'm saying yeah i think there's feel, also like the classic experience yeah and this is kind of like the closest you can get to the, like i exactly i i'm i'll admit i don't play a lot of games on pc because i'm very lazy I like just plug in something in. I just turn my PS4 on and I, the game's ready to go. Sometimes I'll patch, but it's like most times it's fine. And I like that simplistic experience where with my PC. It's like, oh, why isn't my mouse working? Or why isn't this working? And it's just like, oh, Windows has why isn't my gamepad working? And there's just like so much shit you have to go through and I hate it. I'm just like, I just wanted to play a game and now I've spent 40 minutes troubleshooting what's wrong with my PC. And I feel like the SNES classic is like, that basic it's like the console experience like you just plug it in the games are there you don't have to deal with like emulation junk you don't have to play on like a fucking shitty controller you'll play on the classical thing and i like that i like that simplicity i like that st- like streamlined experience compared to you know the hoops you have to jump through to emulate something but even then it's like emulation is illegal so don't do it kids we do I mean, not I condone think- emulation I think another part of this is like, um, like even if you can emulate a game, uh, you like you don't feel a lot of necessary. Like you don't feel a reason to actually play it. Like I think there's a there's something to be said for like actually putting some sort of like value, monetary or not, towards like a game. So if I pay seventy dollars for something, like it's gonna feel like oh man, I should like play this game because I've invested like an actual part of my like. Uh, you know, wealth into this thing and it's now worth something and I want to get something out of it. Whereas like, I can't think of a game that I've emulated that I've actually ever beaten because it just feels like it's like this worthless little like two meg file on my desktop that's like not a thing. But so having some like physicality and like having like, oh, I actually paid money for this thing and having it in my room, like Katie said, like having it just be this little box that's it's like its own little easy self-contained, turn it on, play a game kind of thing uh, is like super, super appealing. Um, because I, I mean, I haven't had that experience with the SNES before, so it's super. St- I'm super excited to potentially have that experience for the first time, uh, like very soon. Yeah, that's like a weird psychological thing. It's like, um, it's, it's like if you if you bought something with your own money, you're you ascribe more like mental value to it than if you've just yeah. gotten it for free off the internet. Um, mm, totally. Yeah, I don't. I feel like this. 
whenever there's like these big retro things i feel like i really start feeling my age because like i don't feel as much excitement around it if anything like my, my excitement is like oh nice maybe hopefully if i get this thing i'll be able to finally play these games um like or games that like like earthbound like i've started earthbound maybe a dozen times like i feel like i've i've got it on the wii u and i just like always be like i'm gonna finally play it and then i just never committed just because i don't know something felt about it felt wrong and maybe i would finally feel right playing it on the system or if they ever release on switch i'll probably end up finally playing it that is like the other question is like why like why this is not coming to just like the Switch's virtual console first. Like this is a great lineup to like I mean, launch some platform like that. So they want to make money. I don't <laughs> know. I don't think people would buy all these games individually, you know? It's part of like the bundle is like part of the enticing bit of it. It's like what, 21 games? It's like you're getting 21 games for $70, whereas like if they sold these cuz you know Nintendo would not release these for cheap it would probably be like 9.99 a pop and it's like yeah they'd sell a bunch of like earthbound and maybe like you know super mario world and they're like they're i feel like they would sell copies of like the bigger games but all the smaller stuff on that list i don't see popping off on the eShop. you know i think this is like another part of the conversation too is that is like the question of medium um which is that like you know, video games are meant to be experienced a certain way. And, uh, you know, whether it's on the controller that you're playing them on, they're designed for like a specific thing or whatever, where there's the type of screen that you're playing it on. Um, and that sort of question of like getting the experience that it was like sort of meant to be seen under, I guess, is it's something that we try to do in a lot of other media, whether it's watching a film on like 35 millimeter or, you know, listening to a record on vinyl. Um, I like that. I like the aspect of these that's like trying to replicate a certain experience, like from the way that the console looks and the way that you turn it on um, to the, the way that the controller actually feels in your hand. I think those are like all kind of important toward feeling and like putting yourself back in into the shoes of like someone who was playing the game back in the day, not just for nostalgia sake, sake, but also to like sort of experience the game as it was developed by the people who created it, which is something that I think is also appealing to me about these beyond just the oh, I'm nostalgic. I want to play, you know, Mega Man X again. Yeah, I think this is actually, this came up when, um, I think it was when the Master Chief Collection was getting announced for the Xbox mm-hmm. One, where, like, the video game industry doesn't do a lot, uh, a lot of the time to, like, enforce its own idea of self-preservation. Like, even with film, you have this, like, archival print that you can get um, when, when a lot of people do film transfers for, like, a digital film, where they, like, it's just, like, part of the process. You, like, bake in grain through film, then you, like, store it away in a cellar somewhere. I feel like video games, it's like people write the code, they release the product, and there's not much done after that to actually ensure that stuff is remembered. So it is cool to actually see a company like dig back into their library and say like, um, this is how the game was played. Uh, this is how people played it. I like I remember specifically with the Super Nintendo, like having that small plastic controller and just like, just like kind of like <laughs> tried to bend it to my will when I was playing games. And I feel like that physicality is just as much a part of the game as like, how the pixel art looks and like how like what frame rate it's running at or something so i feel like you're, you're definitely right josh in saying that it's like nintendo's getting at this idea of like wanting to um like summon this experience as a game was kind of intended to be created um but the, the question though is i wonder if they're gonna like 
George Lucas any of these games and go back in and like put some weird stuff in. Nah. Like if we're gonna start seeing like, these weird like bonus Hayden levels and stuff in games. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. Like I wonder if the Star Fox Two like is this like a thing that they worked on to like like we don't know if this was like finished prior or if this was like a thing that they have recently finished. Just like they threw like their random whatever in-house person like oh can you finish star fox 2 by the way thanks (laughs) like i it's a big question um i don't like i mean they didn't do anything like that with the nes classics i don't see them george lucasing this shit up Mm -hmm. um or if they did like i I mean i i feel like they wouldn't or if they would they the only thing i'm concerned about that with would be star fox 2 because that's technically the only new quote-unquote new game coming um what if it's shit yeah i mean honestly like that's a real possibility it probably <laughs> is shit judging from Star Fox one so yeah, considering that they never released it considering well, they never sure, released like, it there has to be a reason i think like a uh it was either a year ago or a few months ago i don't remember which one but a rom for Star Fox two actually leaked yeah so yeah people have I been able that. to play it before like allegedly but no one knows like what so, version yeah. like katie was saying like what version this one is and if the rom itself that was leaked is like this version and maybe what you're getting at this idea that like people have been working on Star Fox 2 to like finish it up over the past year maybe the rom leaked then because there was internal teams that were actually doing development on it and it like got out because the internet exists now <laughs> so like it's totally possible that they had a team internally that were just like working to fix this game which is like totally like, nuts. hurry up <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Like they're they're still develop like independent developers too, making games for older systems. Like I feel like the, wasn't there like a Dreamcast game made? Recently? Yeah, yeah. There's like a pretty yeah. good homebrew scene for the Dreamcast. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really interesting. Just like there are developers still developing for primitive systems, which is you know weird. But wasn't there a Super Nintendo cool, game way. that came out like a few years back? I feel like yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. It's called like Vampire was... Underwear Kid or something like that. <laughs> I'm just making this up off the top of my head, but I remember something like that happened. But it's you hear stories like this all the time, and it, it's like where like the Sonic Dreams collection sort of lore comes from. But the fact that mm-hmm. we're actually getting Sonic or uh, sorry, uh, Star Fox Two is just absolutely bonkers. I'm still trying to get over that, but um, yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy, like. When you think of all the games that technically have no, that, that kind of became lost to time in a way, and it's it's really weird in a way, but kind of exciting because it kind of gives hopes to those, you know, like mm-hmm. all the games that just never came out. Maybe we'll get Silent Hills, you know, in fifteen. <laughs> Silent Hills. We'll get, like, all I mean, we're getting we all get Evil too, so fuck <laughs> it, like bring them all on, yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll get one, I guess. Maybe if I can. I don't. I, I'm not trying. Yeah, I'm not I already set up my now. alerts. Now that I, my Amazon see. alert, my Walmart alert. I'm gonna be I'm on there like the Yeezys drop. The Yeezy drops, like just <laughs> four smart devices. I feel three like computers. honestly, I mean, Stand I guess those are intense. Supreme. I was gonna say this is more intense, but I mean, sneakerheads are fucking crazy. So <laughs> yeah, it's probably just as intense. Are you going to line up with the Nintendo store in New York? Yes. Yeah, they, I mean, I used to work like a block away from there. So oh, anything okay, that yeah. dropped, they were like, 
we have 100 GameCube controller adapters uh, available. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I would just walk over and just, like, just go grab right, it. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, I don't, it won't be that easy now, but uh, it should be pretty easy because they usually stock these things pretty well. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that that pretty much does it for this episode. I I do, before we wrap up, I have one last thing to say. Oh, Oh, please do. uh, I I want to give a moment of silence for the Badge Arcade Bunny because the 3DS Badge Arcade is no longer cycling in new badges. And it's very sad. And I feel like I'm the only one that cares. And you might be. you very As well you may be. I might, I might be the only... P- <laughs> Actually, I wrote an article about it, and there are so yeah. many people that were like, I'm going to miss it too. So it's not just me. I'm not alone in this world. Well, that's good. Digital badges on my 3DS screen. <laughs> I'm actually not going to have a moment of silence because that's really awkward, but I just want to put it it's out there. Podcasting. You're Rest pouring one out. Nintendo badger. Yeah, pouring one out. It's still tingling around there. It's not putting in new badges. So I do and there's feel like- no no new cute like weekly things. I think I think it's like the end of that because like the last update they did was literally credits. It was the bunny being like, let's thank everyone on the team, and it was like ten minutes of them cycling through credits. Other people that worked on it, which I think is really cute in a way because it's like, oh, they're like treating it like as an actual game and not just like this free to play digital badge hell. <laughs> but yeah, I do feel like. Like, in light of Badge Arcade being closed, you're going to have to, like, redefine your aesthetic. Because I feel like that defines you. I'd be like, oh, Katie is Nintendo Badge Arcade, but, like, a person. <laughs> I hope they bring it to the Switch. So I could decorate my screen. I don't know. I I feel like that was part of this weird era. Because it, it came out right around the time that the new 3DS came out, which had the customizable cover plate. So it's kind of like this weird phase of Nintendo, like, just, like, customize your shit. <laughs> and then they don't really do that now. I yeah. mean, not. I mean, I, maybe with the Joy Cons, but like, you know, the three. That was kind of like the thing for like a year. <laughs> it's not as garish anymore. Like they're not giving you like yeah, exclusive backs for your. Nintendo oh, I don't have my 3DS on me. I was gonna hold up my 3DS. But, <sighs> I mean, I guess you can't see it on the audio. Yeah. I have a very cute Kiari Pamu Pamu imported what? fake cover plate. It's very oh adorable. Fucking extra. Let's do. I am. Uh, yeah. I am extra. That's it's normal. it's very cute. It was when she did like ads for them. Oh yeah, I remember ago. that. Um, yeah. Also watch Terrace House, everybody. That's my. Yes, guess. watch Terrace House, everybody. I'm so happy that Josh is watching it. This show's it's the like my best. F- it's my favorite show. I love it. Ever. <laughs> I love it. It's the greatest. It's the greatest reality show, but it's also just like a really good show in general. Like, it's great. I love it's on these Netflix. people. I love them all with all my heart. Aloha State Part 3 recently premiered. I've already watched all of it. Is it good? It's not the Adam Sandler movie, is it? Aloha State's really good because it's like a really interesting culture clash between Americans and Japanese. Uh-huh. And it's it's really interesting. I um, watch it. There's some drama. There's like some drama like pretty quick. I feel like Part 1's a little slow. Part two, like, shit pops off. All right. And part three is like, whoa. It's really good. I still got so it's much also watch. I'm excited. Boys and Girls watch in the City Academia. is so good, too. My yeah, Hero Boys Academia. and Girls City is really good. Kyle, you should watch it. some shows out. <laughs> MHA. Y'all seen, y'all seen Twin Peaks? Blame on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, Twin Peaks is good. Twin Peaks is crazy. <laughs> Twin Peaks. I just like that the, David Lynch has no fucking restraint, and I really appreciate it. 
All right, this is like English. a TV podcast. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's get out of here. Um, right. Bye. Find we're uh, find <laughs> us. Uh, email us first at badendpod at gmail and it's bad. Have we ever gotten an email? Has anyone emailed us? We have. No. Somebody emailed us about his anime game. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Thank you um, to the person about the anime <laughs> game. I don't know. Follow I us guess. on like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Bad End Podcast. Um, and rate us and review us on iTunes because that's super helpful. Please. We really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Feedback. Have a good week. Peace. Peace.